0: I still dislike losing, but I got to look at the big picture and be like, I preach this all the time. Like, this is about the lifelong process as opposed to beating Adrian. or like being the fittest man on, on earth, like there's bigger fish to fry.
1: This is episode number 65 with Rory McKernan. Welcome to Pursuing Health. I'm Julie Fouché, family medicine resident and former CrossFit Games athlete. Here, I bring to you information and inspiration from experts and everyday individuals for how to use lifestyle to maximize health. Thank you so much for joining me. Now let's get started with this week's episode. Welcome back to Pursuing Health. In this episode, I sit down with Rory McKernan, a familiar voice and face that you may recognize as the host of the Reebok CrossFit Games. You may also recognize him as one half of the infamous Roe versus Boz CrossFit Games Open rivalry. We caught up recently at CrossFit's media headquarters to talk about everything from his background and how he discovered CrossFit, to how he became involved in media and the evolution of CrossFit's media department, to some of his own personal challenges and growth over the past several years. A few quick reminders before we get started. First, if you're enjoying the podcast, please head over to iTunes to subscribe and consider giving it a rating. I'm also always looking for inspiring stories to share, so if you or someone you know has used lifestyle to overcome a serious health challenge, please send your story to me at info at juliefouché.com and I'll select some to share here on future episodes. To check out my online training programs through Beyond the Whiteboard, You can visit beyondthewhiteboard.com forward slash Julie Fouché. Finally, please remember that although I'm now officially a doctor, this podcast is meant to share the experiences of individuals and does not provide medical advice. So with that, let's get started here with episode number 65 of Pursuing Health featuring Rory McKernan. (laughs) Welcome back to Pursuing Health. I am here with CrossFit Games update show host and commentator and Roe versus Boz open star, (laughs) Rory McKernan. So thank you for joining me. I'm super excited. I
0: I couldn't be more excited. This is awesome. (laughs) Like we were talking about, I don't get to spend time on on this side. So if I start peppering you with questions, stop (laughs) me and we'll we'll go back to conversation. Be careful. Watch what seat you're
1: sitting in this time. No, I'm really excited too, because I think everyone knows who you are. They know your face. They, They hear you talk all the time. But we don't often get to hear about your side of the story because you're always asking the questions. So I think this is going to be really fun.
0: Yeah. And it's cool. Um, so when you came into the office, you're like, oh, you're busy. I wasn't busy at all. I was watching <laughs> the first interview that we ever did in no our way. update show studio. Which I remember was that. Julie Fouché. And, and I, don't, but I don't just mean between me and you. I mean, the first athlete that came to the update show. Really? Was you. No yeah, way. I didn't yes know way. that. And uh, back in the day oh, when it was drab cool. carpet and, and uh, uh, really dull back wall. And so it's cool I to see that. I remember that. Yeah, that. And now was, I'm the first guest on your podcast. I
1: know. <laughs> so happy to return the favor. <laughs> no, that's so crazy. It was, what was that? 2010. It was right before the games in 2011. 11, Eleven. Yeah. So yeah, and it's crazy how far the studio and just everything you guys are doing has come. So it's. Or really all cool. of us too. It's You true. know what
0: I was thinking is like that was a 22 year old Julie Fouché. You know so that was true. me. Like that was two kids and gray hair <laughs> ago for me, you know, it's really weird to think about Wow. Uh, that we've all kind of been in this game, all, yes. you know, athletes and, and CrossFit HQ alike for so long.
2: Yeah.
1: And it's, I'm, I mean, I'm lucky that I have gotten to come out here a few times and it seems like at least once a year I get out here and to see how much the office has changed and the gym and the studio and new faces. And it's, it's so cool to see the evolution of everything.
2: There
0: was a, there was a time where uh, some of it was perception, but some of it was actual reality. Where you would literally walk in, and a wall would have been moved, and then the next week it would have been moved back. <laughs> it was like, well, what's happening here? Just
1: constant construction. Uh,
0: contractors just looking at us like, "Whatever, man, what, what you want?
1: <laughs> we can do it. We yeah. can make it happen." Oh, that's awesome. Well, let's just start at the beginning. I okay. want to know about Rory McKernan. As a child,
2: <laughs> oh, let's get what deep. were you
1: like? What were you like growing up? What were you into? Oh,
0: God, I was awesome, Julie.
1: <laughs> the best kid ever.
0: Um, I had. That's this is this is awesome. I knew we were gonna go this far back. I um I grew up in Austin, Texas. Okay. And I had an awesome childhood, like like um, some would say, a, a uh, pretty insulated and and blessed, you know, childhood. Yes. I grew up in. Uh, in an area just outside of Austin, so you could, you could see the downtown skyline, but it was a nice small little town feel mm-hmm. um, where we were kicking out athletes. Like uh, Drew Brees was the quarterback my senior year and oh, uh, er, my freshman year, his senior year in high school. Um, so, as you can imagine, with Texas high school football, a big big focus on yeah. sports and athletics. And so, um, yeah, I grew up in the in the wilds of Texas, and and um, quickly though made my way out to California. So I've been in California on and off since about two thousand. Okay. Um, I went to I went to school at the University of Southern California, and then just been bouncing around like a Chipsy ever since.
1: (laughs) So, were you into sports growing up? Did you? I was very active.
0: Yeah, it's cool because I, you know, now like we were saying, I've got kids of my own, Mm -hmm. and it's funny to be on on this side where I'm, coaching and trying to expose them to sports. Yeah. But I think my parents did the same thing. I was I was. Well, all the way up until like I started playing varsity sports, I was a three sport athlete. Mm-hmm. But when I was young it was everything from gymnastics and try Taekwondo and yep. you know, give a shot Just to do it uh, all. yeah, give it take it try it all. And uh eventually narrowed that down to soccer, football, and basketball were my main three.
1: Okay. Wow. And
0: then lots it was, of coordination. Uh, yeah, and then it was a thing it was like, Well, if you're 220 pounds and (laughs) six foot three. Like you're playing football.
1: (laughs) Yeah. That's good. Wow. So then did you end up playing sports in college or?
0: I never played. Uh, well, uh, not, I didn't play college sports per se. I played club soccer Okay. and I was on the, uh, ski and snowboard team of all things. Oh, that's awesome. I was a
1: big skier growing up. I don't know. I know. I don't even know. They must've had a ski team at my college, but I never was on it.
0: It but, was an excuse. It yeah, was none of the like it was totally like a drinking club with a skiing problem. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yes. <laughs> but uh, there there were organized races. It was cool. You had all the Southern California teams. So it was an excuse to go from downtown Los yeah. Angeles and hang out in Mammoth, California, for six weekends a year, mm-hmm. um, which was nice. But um, yeah, it, initially my plan was to play football. So football okay. helped me get into USC. But it, it was a. Uh, what they call an invited walk-on situation, which is essentially, you know, what it takes to walk on Mm -hmm. in college sports. And once I showed up to college, I said, you know, the, the academic side is challenging enough Yeah. and
1: there's enough other things to do and to stay busy with. It is. And, and all the
0: respect in the way, looking back, I'm like, I don't, I don't regret it ever, Mm -hmm. but I do have all the respect in the world for an athlete who does have what it takes uh, to walk on, especially the guys that I see that really succeed, like your JJ Watts of the world, who you know, probably and went where, from top yeah. dog, like big fish in a small pond to the bottom of the barrel mm-hmm. and then made their way back to the top. But it wasn't in my heart at the time.
1: Yeah, no, I can understand that. I think I, for me, I did gymnastics in high school and I was never going to be doing gymnastics in college, but I did pole vaults and that was potentially an opportunity if I would have gone to a smaller college yeah. or I could have maybe walked on at Michigan or just like tried to, you know, I knew a couple other girls who had done that previously and it just, to me, it was the same thing where it was like, there's so many other things to explore in college. And if it wasn't something that I wanted to be spending all my time doing, totally, I made the decision not to, but eventually I found CrossFit. So that became my college sport, I guess. And you did okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It all works out. <laughs>
0: um, pole vault is a gnarly sport. We yes. Had,
1: it was very fun. At
0: our high school, they, they, I'm not joking at all. They would take like one of the seniors and they'd say, Hey, um, you, why don't you be the coach? And they would essentially say, hey, anybody wants to try pole vault, go ahead and try pole vault. Literally had a guy break his femur. <laughs> no like way. There was just zero oversight. <laughs> like, how do you do this? Like, sprint as just fast as you can, plan it, it oh, jump, you'll be fine. that like
1: a recipe for disaster. So,
0: yeah, it, it was. Wow.
1: <laughs> wow. Oh, my goodness. Well, luckily we had, we just, we just took all the gymnasts in the off season and turned them into pole vaulters. So, it was at least a little bit...
0: Better marriage than football players. Yeah.
1: Yeah. <laughs> at least had some Far experience flying through the air. Yeah.
0: Far more logical. <laughs>
1: but oh that's cool. So did you what did you want to be when you grew up?
0: Oh man, what a great question. I always I still want to be a professional athlete. Yeah.
2: <laughs> You're <laughs> you working know, on it.
0: I think uh <laughs> that draw those those are my heroes. My heroes mm-hmm. were always um typically athletes. Um you know mo uh, I, I want to say, like, you know, movie stars and things like that to a lesser degree, but um, I certainly remember always looking up to athletes mm-hmm. and not not necessarily just of one ilk. Like, I've got a Michael Jordan poster at home mm-hmm. and um, – I was a Cowboys fan for most of my growing up Mm -hmm. years, like in the Emmett Smith era. Yeah. So if I, if I can remember back besides the typical like firemen and, and things that, that all kids at some point are infatuated with athletics always, um, had a big heart, part of my heart and certainly was my, my focus. Um, well for for a long time. Right. Mm -hmm. But if there's, if there's any one profession I can remember, it was Mm -hmm. that.
1: That's really cool. And then did you? When at what point did you start thinking about going into media, or did you study that in college?
0: Um, I didn't think about going into media until the 2009 CrossFit Games. No way! Quite honest with you. Wow! Yeah, my my degree is in poli sci, and even when I lived in Los Angeles, I had uh, really no aspirations to do. I guess most people who live in Los Angeles at some point or another, they're like, oh, that'd be kind of cool. I could do that. Yeah, (laughs) And and looking back, I'm like, I do remember specifically being like, man, what what a job to be like a travel show host or something like that. I've always loved traveling as well. Um, but it was never like, yeah, you know what? I want to do that. That's going right. to be my thing. Um, and my progression into media in terms of CrossFit was honestly just the natural ebb and flow of what was needed by the organization at the time that I just happened to be coming up. Wow. Yeah. Cause my, my passion was really, um, training. I mean, I was a trainer in a gym yeah. and got, was lucky to be accepted onto the level one seminar staff. And that was my gig for really, I mean, almost two full time years mm-hmm. before the O nine games. Wow. And uh, at that point, uh, you know, Jordan, my brother-in-law, Jordan Gravatt, uh, he was making videos. He was one of the early videographers Mm -hmm. and he was like, dude, I got to turn around these videos really quick. Like if you could say something on camera, it would be super helpful. And I was like, all right. Sure, I'll try. Yeah. Basically, (laughs) they're like something on camera. You know, I I was that guy. Um, That's so interesting. Yeah, we had a blast. And that was, um, it happened to perfectly overlap when Pat Barber met Taz Ventner at that time in her life at the 09 games. And when he took off, that was Tony Budding's only employee.
1: No way. And Tony was like, hey, man. So that's where... Oh, that's so fascinating the, because I just talked to them last night and they told me the whole story of how they met and got started. Oh, that's right. You went yeah. had dinner with them last
0: night. That's right. Yeah. Um, I, get, so to, I get to hang out with Pat quite a bit these days. But yeah, we, we laugh about it because <laughs> Tony... <laughs> That year, said, hey, you know, there's going to be a job opening up. Why don't you come up to Santa Cruz, see if it's your if it's your vibe, yeah. and uh, you can you can get the lowdown from Pat. Mm-hmm. And so Pat Barber was like my he he did my job training essentially, yeah. which was anything from video editing to writing to, um, you know, running the CrossFit Games blog and things wow. like that.
1: That's so crazy. So yeah, there was. And no, my, I don't think many people know that that you were on seminar staff for that long because oh, I mean that was days. where I I did my seminar in 2010. So that was before. Well, before I started, but yeah, that's so crazy. That was
0: my, and and to this day, seminar staff is still my dream job. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it, <laughs> it, it's not, it doesn't work well for my, for a lot of people can do it with like wife and kids. Right. Uh, but for us, it's just like travel it's so much anyways yeah. that it's it's too difficult to be away in addition to that. But it's such a cool gig, mm-hmm. you know. What being, were
1: some of your favorite parts about it?
0: I, um, you know, and I say this still and I believe it. And, and to a smaller degree for me, I will get this from like open announcements, for example. Mm -hmm. But every time you would show up to a seminar, whether or not you had a a great week or a terrible week and you were run down Mm -hmm. or already energized, you would leave that work weekend feeling more pumped up. And it was because most people were, well, let's be honest, they're paying a a lot of money. So they had probably saved for this or they had planned for this in Mm -hmm. some way, shape or form. They're clearly you know, bleeding CrossFit right. because they're going to a level one seminar and they were just so fired up and that energy is something that you can't, No, you yeah. just can't replicate or manufacture. Um,
1: it's so true. The most captive audience,
0: the most captive audience. And they all had a cool story too. You mm-hmm. know, I've, I've never went to a seminar where, um, well in advance, they always send you kind of a participant rundown and it mm-hmm. gives really nitty gritty on the, the bio that people had decided that they want to share. Mm-hmm. And you know, you, you, pick through them and they all had interesting stories but every once in a while you'd see like oh um sustained some injuries in Afghanistan <laughs> and when you actually talk to that person at the uh at the yeah. seminar he'd be like yeah actually I was shot 17 times wow. and wasn't supposed to live and now yeah. I can squat you know or they just had these things where you're like really oh cool my stories. god that's amazing it's and amazing the
1: type of people that CrossFit attracts you know to,
0: it's, absolutely and yeah there's uh on the one side, they call it the asshole barrier, which is like it typically <laughs> detracts people who are right. unsavory characters. But, yeah, people who like to work hard and um, and yeah, pr- pursue the, you know, mm-hmm. making themselves better through hard work are um, typically cool people.
1: Typically. <laughs> you know? Pretty darn <laughs> That's cool what people. is why you can walk into
0: a CrossFit gym yeah. like, pretty much anywhere in the world and be like, you yeah, know, we, we may not be best friends, but we are definitely gonna have something in common. And, yeah. and usually they are people who culturally you sort of, um, you can attach yourself to pretty easily.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: But yeah, I loved that about level ones. And then, um, so that that was the participant side of things and on the seminar trainer side of things. And again, this still holds true for me. I think it's the most interesting group of people that you'll ever meet in your life. Mm-hmm. And that, that means smart, like to say the least, mm-hmm. <laughs> to downplay it greatly. Um, you know, disciplined in terms of their, the way that they live their lives mm-hmm. and the things that they're pursuing and, and ambitious. And then you'd have guys who are, you know, like Marine Corps captains and yeah. had these crazy other things that they'd already done in life, uh, that you got exposed to as a mentor or, uh, someone who's leading you. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I, I to, to not be too gushy. Like, yeah. I feel like it makes you a better person to be around them. Oh, know?
1: absolutely. Absolutely. I feel the same way. I think you, I think you nailed it on the head at the beginning saying that when you leave that seminar, you're just so much more pumped about, about life in right. general. Like I, every time I do one, I'm so, I'm just on fire with right. life. Like no matter what I'm going to do that week, it's going to be awesome. Right. Exactly. <laughs> it's
0: where you probably come home and Daniel's like, all right, dude, shut up. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like I, I've yeah. heard enough. Hey, <laughs> right. My wife would always be like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I get it. I get it. It's amazing.
1: <laughs> we still have to wash the dishes. <laughs> right, yeah. Exactly. Go wash the dishes. Um, yeah.
0: But yeah, no, the, the level one environment, it's just uh and like I was saying, the, the open and the games and, and the enthusiasm that surrounds those is amazing mm-hmm. and powerful, but so much different. So different, And people yeah. kind of come in there to take something away and, and learn and then go back and change lives as well. Mm-hmm. So I still miss it. I, I plugged back in, God, it was two years ago now, mm-hmm. probably since I did my last seminar.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And I was begging Dave and Nicole. I was like, you, let you gotta let me get back in there. You <laughs> <laughs> let yeah. me do some. And Put me in. Yes, and the first one I went to, was it Cookville at which okay. is Jim or I guess the old mayhem now
2: mm-hmm.
0: and uh it just so happened that it was one of those magical weekends like I got I actually got pulled aside by Joe Alexander and he was okay. like hey listen bro it's always amazing but this weekend's different yeah, something's <laughs> just, going on here just so here. you know like, it's not always like this <laughs> but it was great some uh unprompted on day 2 during the question and answer some guys stood up and talked about how the day 1 workout had changed his life wow and um, it was just so cool it was That's that thing
1: incredible Wow.
0: And I still got, it. I don't know when you took your level one, but it's, uh, it's still like summer camp for me. Bill Grunner oh, yeah. was in my level one. I'm still in touch with like two other people. Yep. And uh,
1: yeah, it was all mine was like Pat Sherwood, Boz, um, who else? Joe Gain, who now I work with all the time because yeah. he's in my region. Um, yeah, it's so cool even just to think back about it, but it was complete for me, completely life-changing going to my first level one
0: yeah just so it's a perfect light bulb moment mm-hmm. you know at least at that point in my life i was pursuing plenty of of other of kind of like the alphabet soup mm-hmm. um, organizations who who could certify you
2: mm-hmm. and i
0: went to my buddy actually paid for it he was okay. like hey, okay we're, we're gonna go i'm Let's paying for it. it you owe me and um yeah it's like literally light bulb went off the first the first lecture and i was like wow. this is great i'm in
1: wow so how did you find crossfit then to begin with
0: i found it so um bouncing back to, so we went to a university in Los Angeles and when I graduated, um, I'm a massive proponent of taking a year off and I wish that I would have done it before Me college. Me too.
1: <laughs> as, a, as I'm about to graduate after six years in medical school. <laughs>
0: oh my gosh, it's so funny because yeah. the, the interview I was talking about, yeah, literally you were just starting medical school yeah. and moving to Cleveland. I was,
1: it was literally like my, right before orientation that I came out here. Yeah.
0: What a crazy bunch ago. of stuff you have bundled into <laughs> a short amount of time, huh? Um, what are we talking about? So you oh, took a year off? Yes, took a, well, took more than a year <laughs> off.
1: <laughs> okay. But I,
0: I'm proud to say that I graduated a semester early, but then I moved directly to a ski town oh, in, I lived in Jackson Hole, awesome. Wyoming, uh, which was the, the time of my life. And, um, ended up between Jackson hole, Europe and Alaska doing sort of like a seasonal wow. winter, summer type thing mm-hmm. for a couple of years.
1: And what I, were you doing? Were you working? Like
0: I would, uh,
2: skiing or? in the
0: summertime I was a fishing guide okay. in Alaska. And, uh, in the wintertime I was anything that would allow me to ski all day,
2: That's <laughs> so amazing.
0: typically like waiting tables yep. or, um, but then also working in like health clubs and, mm-hmm. and doing training stuff on the okay. side. So, um, at that time I was infatuated with, I was always in the gym ever Mm -hmm. since I started, um, sports. Right. Mm So it has always been an integral part of my life. And at that point I feel like CrossFit, I mean, obviously this is probably 2006, Mm -hmm. 2007. So CrossFit was kind of like really starting to gain momentum. Mm -hmm. And I just did the rabbit hole thing down the internet one day. And one thing led to another found CrossFit.com. Um, and I know this is a fairly typical story, but, but nasty girls was one of the first videos that I saw and I was like, this is nuts. Like this is, this (laughs) is is off the hook. I love it. And, um, uh, you know, I think a lot of people see the gymnastics type stuff. I was missing, um, the power cleans and uh, we never did snatches in high school, but we did a lot of power cleans. We did a lot of deadlifts Mm -hmm. and I had never seen those in a conventional gym ever since. Mm -hmm. You know, I feel like you leave high school sports and if you don't play college sports, like that part of your life is over. And so when I saw people cleaning, like dropping bumper plates, I was like, oh, dude,
1: I can still do this. You got to show me where this (laughs) is.
0: And uh, that that was immediately before uh, summer season in Alaska. So I went off um, and we had like we had a weight set and we had limited access to Internet because we were off in the boonies Mm -hmm. and I would dabble and and try things here and there. It's completely wrong way, obviously. And when I came back down to lower 48, I happened to um, to stop where my friend's father lived in Encinitas, like North County, San Diego. And that was where I saw the first CrossFit, like physical box I'd ever seen. Wow. And, uh, yeah, started training there, became a trainer there. Okay. And my, the, all the while I'm thinking like, I'm going to make it down to Hawaii. And my okay. dream was to become a helicopter pilot.
2: Oh, and, okay. Yeah,
0: so this was it's off on the horizon and, um, met my now wife and took my level one and started doing seminars. And I was like, I think actually this is it, man. This yeah. is what I want to be doing.
1: No more helicopter pilot. No more helicopter so pilot. Sad. One day. Yeah, there's one day. still time. I'm like
0: the old guy who's Plenty of na- time. putting everybody you know, <laughs> putting everybody at risk because I want to wow. sustain my dream.
1: That's cool. So how did you get into seminars then? Through your wife.
0: Ba- well, back her- then, um, back then the level two was basically a tryout, mm-hmm. and I got I was lucky enough to be like um, in that era where uh, it was almost like a job interview. Yeah. you would go and so you took your level one, and they said don't come back for six months, mm-hmm. but. When you do come back for your level two, day one was um, some information on how to coach, mm-hmm. but more or less they said, Hey, here's how the test is gonna run. And then you showed up on Sunday and it was either for me, Chris Spieler, Adrian Bosman, or Andy Stumpf. Have you been exposed to Andy mm-hmm. Stumpf? Yeah. Andy taught my first five seminars that, Wow. and he's he is um, one of the most unique individuals, but one of the most intimidating individuals I can if he wants to be. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, they would take you in front of a group of, you know, 20, they they would replicate a seminar. So they would take like 10 to 15 people mm-hmm. and they'd be like, Hey, okay, Julie, come on out. You're going to teach the push jerk. Mm-hmm. And then they would yeah. shut up and Go. they would just judge you.
1: <laughs> just write down on paper and not
0: shake their heads. <laughs> yep. yep, And, um, yeah. And that was that. And so, um, t- depending on how you performed in that, they would, they would give you the same feedback you would get like a coach's prep mm-hmm. now. But, um, I did good and I was, uh, Basically, got invited to do the three internships, and then it snowballed from there.
1: Wow! Yeah, so
2: cool. It was
0: awesome. Yeah, those are those are the times, man. Um, back then, let's see. I was also. I was interning for Stefan Rocher, you know Stefan, yep. of course, um, who at the time was the head of uh, the University of San Diego strength department. Okay. And um, the other two coaches that were working in the strength department were Casey and Natalie Bergner.
1: Oh, okay. And they were like, <laughs> hey,
0: uh, we're still great friends to this day, mm-hmm. but they were like, um, hey, maybe like, if, if you taught us some CrossFit, like we could work on your Olympic lifting. Mm-hmm. And I was like,
2: uh-huh. <laughs> totally, let's
0: just- try. Yes, please. Yeah. And so, uh, yeah, man, used to go and- Hang by the USD pool, do some CrossFit, learn some powerlifting from Olympians wow. and uh, and teach on the weekends. But
1: Living the Life. Living the life. Very cool. And now Stefan is working he's on the CrossFit Games team, correct?
0: Uh-huh. Stefan yeah. is um, he deals really with a lot of the compliance in terms of rules and regulations and okay. and um, especially with um, enforcement of like drug uh, our okay. drug policy.
1: Right, I know. I still still I'm, I'm even though I'm not competing. Quote, unquote, I still get those emails and have to submit my
0: oh, do you really? whereabouts, yes. I always every try to be <laughs> <laughs> I'll never tell you where I'm at. You never catch me.
1: <laughs> oh, that's really cool. Very cool. So then you told us how you started working for media as Pat Barber went to- Pat Barber transitioned yeah, out. T- transitioned out. You started working in media. And then how did things evolve from there?
0: Oh, man. Uh, like like a rocket ship. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and you know because you can appreciate these years were well. The first video that I edited mm-hmm. is called uh, Annie Thor's daughter versus the sandbag sprint.
2: Wow! And literally,
0: it's um, it's the most like a high schooler probably would make fun of it. <laughs> it's like it's like cut here, put the other camera. Cut here, put the other camera. Uh-huh. But um, so I started, um, I started basically at that point was the first or second year that we had um, a dedicated CrossFit Games blog. Mm -hmm. And so that was mostly under my purview. And I would, in conjunction with Tony, kind of make sure that we solicited the videos, got them, and then wrote the articles. Mm -hmm. Um, And then the very next year is when we started um, experimenting with live broadcasts. And that was at the Southwest region. And I don't know if you remember any of that broadcast, but we we were literally in a locker room where the, the commentators and guest commentators would sit at a table like this, but behind them was like a broken glass a broken mirror. And it was just crazy, nasty little, (laughs) little weight room at UC Irvine. And it took us days and days. But, uh, by the third day we got up the crappiest little replay of Neil Maddox running in a circle around a track
2: (laughs) and we were like, yeah, maybe we did it.
0: Like we thought we had won the Super Bowl, um, and this again, this is like I have zero on-camera presence at this point. I was trying to edit stuff. Wow! And uh, Marston and Heaver had just been—they weren't even—they weren't hired on as employees. Okay. They were just um, doing contract work, and they were there. And they were watching, and I was like, "I love doing this." I was like, "Hey, here, hey, we like, how would you do this if it was you?" <laughs> he was like, "Here, let me sit down." And I was like,
2: "Sucker,
1: see you later." <laughs> wow! And, and now they're kind of the main video now documentary filmmakers, yeah. you know? The uh, here, so.
0: best-selling documentary filmmakers which is pretty cool to see.
1: That's really cool.
0: Um, yeah. And so then, gosh, that that same year, so that was our dabbling with live, mm-hmm. and that year at the CrossFit Games in 2010. I want to say that we did over 80 hours of live coverage to the wow. CrossFit Games website. Like, too much. Yeah. <laughs> really. A, lo- that a was lot.
1: But people just, people will watch all of it. Absolutely. They eat it up. Our yeah. fans
0: are insane. Yeah. Our fans are insane. And at
1: this point, had you do- started doing more on-camera stuff instead of the editing and the behind-the-scenes?
0: Really, no. You know, me and Tony, every once in a while, would go and do... Um, do something. Mm-hmm. And the cool part about that was, um, actually this is kind of bouncing around, but uh, Sydney Sullivan, who won the, one of the teenage mm-hmm. divisions last year, just received a kidney transplant.
1: I saw something about this on your Instagram and I was wondering and what I, the story I, I, was. Yeah.
0: I posted that on Instagram and someone from the Chris Klug foundation who is a, uh, he used to be a champion snowboarder, like mm-hmm. an Olympian reached out and said, Hey, it'd be cool. We'd love to cover the story. And it was funny to me because we had interviewed Chris back probably around the same time as that interview I was saying for wow. you, like 2000, uh, that's probably 2010, 2011. Yeah. And uh, so we would do stuff like that. Like we went to the X games okay. and we would stick a camera on somebody and they'd be like, okay, Roy, you do the interview. Mm-hmm. But it was, um, it certainly wasn't a main component of my job. Mm-hmm. But I you remember you were like, what would you want to do when you're growing up? Yeah. When we were doing that, I was like, this is what I want to do. Yeah.
1: <laughs> that's when you first caught the bug.
0: Yeah. That's, that's so is, so how do cool you learn? Like,
1: no, know, like knowing, okay, this is what I want to do. And I have no real formal training in it. How do you start to develop those skills? Cause it's not, you, you make it look easy, but I'm sure I it's think, not easy at all.
0: Well, I think that, um, I guess there's two parts to that answer. One is, our seminar team is so strong mm. at creating good public speakers mm-hmm. and people who can formulate thoughts. Um, they know how to tell a story. Mm-hmm. Um, they know how to get a point across. And so I consider that basically the, the training ground, so That's to speak. So true. Right. I mean, cause we've done it still. We'll take, um, we took Teffy in Mexico city, the lady who translated for Brenda Castro. Okay. And then she did the, uh, I don't know what you want to call it. She basically hosted Roe versus Boz in two different languages. She's never done any of that. Right. But she's a seminar trainer. She has
1: that experience. And we told her
0: the day before we were like, Hey, you know what? We really need a translator. Hey, you know what? Somebody should really be on the floor during Roe versus Boz. Mm -hmm. And she picked it up and she nailed it.
1: That's amazing.
0: And, uh, Miranda's another great example back then. Like she didn't need formal training. She just had a a great personality Mm -hmm. and, uh, the ability to speak clearly. Yeah. So, that's one side of it is that I got to, you know, I delivered all the movement lectures right, and, um, done many, many seminars by that point in time. And then the second part is that we just did it a lot at low stakes. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Lots of practice. (laughs) (laughs) That show that you're on was like an hour long YouTube. (laughs) Like back when YouTube used to make you cut it up into three segments. If you wanted to go longer than 15 minutes. Right. Um, and we mean, you know, a, a number of people sat at that desk in, you know, if people haven't seen it that are watching your show, you should go find old up I'll link shows. up to it in the okay.
1: in the notes so that people can see it because it's a good one.
0: It's, uh, you know, in some ways it's just laughably bad. <laughs> <laughs> it, was like, it was like a high school presentation, but to us <laughs> it was awesome. And yeah. we would dig into, we would go way into the weeds. You know, nowadays a, a great update show is typically about seven minutes long. Mm-hmm. It's quick, it's snappy, it leaves you wanting more. Yep. You get information out of it back then I, I shit you not, we would go an hour and 45 minutes and we'd be talking about like energy pathways, yeah, and, you know, like, everything under the sun that you could ever want to. And uh, just completely geeking out. But in, you know, but who knows how many, those views are probably still, um, they, they probably pale in comparison to the worst video that we would ever publish now.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: But, uh, but our people were watching and they were interested, yeah. but it was still, it was fairly low stakes. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So, and that's honestly, a lot of the jobs at HQ in terms of media mm-hmm. give opportunities like that, that mm-hmm. you would not get anywhere else. And, uh, what I mean by that is we have, um, you know, nowadays for a broadcast, we use the same trucks as Monday night football, like wow. three big, huge television trucks. Have you ever been inside of those? No. Sometime you have to come in and yeah. see it. Like it even if you, crazy, it's crazy just to see like. I used to think, you know, okay, you touch the magic button on the TV and the TV comes on, yeah. right? You used to go in there and see like all the bits and bobs and how things happen and how replays are made and what the sound guy does and right. so much crap going on. It's wow. like, it's like a submarine.
2: Yeah.
0: Um, but you know, we've got people from our organization who came on as interns, learned how to edit video and do mm-hmm. basic graphics and stuff. And now they're professionals you know, of the same caliber with less experience than people that have been through six years of school yeah. and worked wow. their way up and never got to touch any controls until they were, you know, yeah. way, way far into the game. So I was the same thing on camera.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I was like, all right, try it.
1: <laughs> wow. Well, it sure worked out. <laughs>
0: yeah, it, And it's, uh, it is, it's funny. I it was, uh, me and boss talk about it a lot, but it's a dream job, you know, yeah. or Sean Woodland will be like, getting paid for this right now
1: <laughs> how fun is this yeah oh that's cool but I'm sure at times it has to be hard what are oh. some of the what are some of the hardest parts about it or you know did you ever like do you have a really like tough experience you can talk about
0: yeah I um well because you know we also at the in those same times like when when uh, you and I did the update show for example um was a year after I had testicular cancer A major Uh, surgery and a child. And that's just my personal life. That's
1: a lot of life events.
0: But the CrossFit growth was going so fast. And at that point, it was um, myself, Tony Budding, and then we had added maybe three more full time people. Like Heber had moved here by then Mm -hmm. for video stuff. Leif Edmondson was running Publishing, and Tyson Oldroyd was in the house. But that's still a small group of people for the magnitude of what we were doing. Yeah. So um, we were, I mean, we were consistently seven days a week of. 14 hour days wow! and it was all the labor of love. You know yeah. what I mean? Like it's the same as going to a seminar. You're like, right. I'm not going to let you these love people it. down. Yeah. This is, this is my crew and this is the thing that I love and we were changing the world. Right. Um, but it was hard as hell. And so, uh, you know, there's uh, so many things going through my head about, about <laughs> it, but it was the difficulty there. Um, once the on camera stuff started as well was, uh, was twofold. One was that I had to kind of make a decision and really release a lot of administrative duties that I had. Okay. Which I'm not a control freak, but you know, when you're, when you're really hyper involved in a lot of yes, things, that's it's, hard. it's tough to release. And, um, and the other side of it was that it was just, you know, it was taxing. It's like finding any kind of a life balance mm-hmm. while you're. You know, when, you're, when your passion and your work is intermixed, it's a crazy world to live in. Yes. And uh, I wouldn't... Because you
1: feel like you're always working because yeah. you enjoy it.
0: But then you feel like you're never but working you because still, you love it so much. Yeah, you know you what I mean? Yeah, you still
1: need to take breaks. Yeah, That's you're like, so true.
0: you're like, let's take a break from CrossFit and go downstairs and do CrossFit. Yeah, you know? <laughs> it's so true. Um, so it was it was all the labor of love, but yeah, I mean those years, uh, I joke about it, but it's true that the the games for ten, eleven, and twelve like I fully blacked out. Like if you, like, like if you ask it's like me,
1: three years just disappeared. If you, if
0: you ask for specific memories, I'm like I don't even know who won. Just, just I, was, I remember sitting at the end of uh, of one games with. Uh, I think it was with Tony, or maybe with Heber. And uh-huh. it was, it was Somebody was like, "Oh, you're going to the after party," and I was like, "Hell no!" <laughs> like
1: I'm, <out. laughs> I'm
0: going to sleep. I'm going home. I'm, going to, I'm actually going to go into the woods and just like <laughs> chill. But
1: wow, what's that? What's what was one of those weeks like? Can you did you sleep at all? Like, what was the, um, what's the in
0: 2010? No. no, I would say literally we would show up to the hotel room, or we get back to the hotel mm-hmm. well after midnight typically there was a production meeting for the following day, which would go until maybe two Uh and then you would sleep, I don't know, you know, an hour before you'd head back to the venue for maybe like a five, six o'clock call time. Some of that was self-inflicted, you know, right? Because we were, we didn't know what to expect. Yeah. The TV trucks I was talking about my job the first year that we went live was to manage what they call the tape room. And it's it's basically, you could think of it as the replay room. Mm-hmm. And you've got like six stations that are all like these giant high-tech Tivos that wow. record and then they can play back. Yeah, And um, <laughs> we walk in there, we've prepared all this. like Literally, we brought every piece of footage about any movement we have ever done because Dave wouldn't give us the workouts in advance oh, at that time. Oh, my gosh, you can't plan anything. You know, yeah. now, now it's way more organized. And uh, we, we, we knew what to expect, little more than the athletes did. And this dude, Eric Thomas, who was our, um, he was in charge of the whole truck, came in. He was like, who's Rory? And he started talking to me. He was like, what about the flux capacitor and the blibbity blah, 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 blah. And I was like, dude, I was like, I barely know how to edit, man. And he was like, what? Ah, and he you know, threw, threw off his hat and walked out. And uh, we literally had somebody walk out of the truck and quit that year. Wow. Um, during, I'll never forget this. It was during the uh, the teams that year had a workout where... They did some junk on the track, like facing towards the audience, mm-hmm. but then they would do a partner carry across and back the field. Okay. Yeah, we'll find it somewhere, I'll send you a link. But, um, remember at this point in time, there's no uniforms (laughs) and there's like, I think six people to a team. Right.
1: So you have no idea what's going on. No
0: idea what's going on. And this guy, like I'm trying to tell him what to do for replays. And I was like, get, get the, get the cute girl with the braid. And he's like, what, what? And I'm like, and the guy with the tattoo, get the guy with the tattoo. It's like, I'll have tattoos. It's like, no, the dude with his shirt off. He's like, ah, throws his headphones off and walks out. Um, uh, he came back eventually. Oh, good. Okay. But uh, it was, <laughs> it was crazy, you know. Tense moments. <laughs> yeah, it was all, uh, we, we've always kind of been learned by doing and, and the competition always comes first still to this day. Yeah. If there's a, if there's a, um, if things come to a head where it's, Hey, the broadcast really needs this, but the competition really needs this. Mm -hmm. Uh, Competition always wins, Mm -hmm. and rightly so, because we're trying to crown the fittest on earth. But that comes with its own set of challenges, you know. Right. ESPN or whoever our broadcaster is, me just happens to be like, hey, the hour that we have available is six to seven p.m. Mm -hmm. We're like, all right, well, these guys just did Murph and DT, and actually, this is rest time before this event, so it doesn't doesn't lay over perfectly, but. Um, it's always fun.
1: That's cool. Did you ever think that you'd be on ESPN?
0: Never. <laughs> never. I still have, because, um, you know, we they replay our stuff so much these days yeah. that, um inevitably like every couple weeks I'll get like an old buddy from high school text me right. and be like, Oh dude, I'm drinking on the bar. And, you
1: know, <laughs> no way. You're on
0: ESPN or what's cool for me now actually is, um, my kids really get a kick out of it.
1: Oh yeah. I bet. Yeah.
0: And, uh, and all their friends too. We did actually the Roe versus Boz promos we did this year.
1: Oh, that was cool.
0: One of my kids buddies was in it when they're all chanting Boz <laughs> yes, yeah. and he thinks he's famous. Like he's, <laughs> he's, he's telling everybody at school, he's like, Oh
1: dude, I'm on TV. That's so cool. Yeah,
0: so. Um, that's
1: so
2: cool. And
0: they're old enough now to appreciate it. The first, you know, the first couple of times that I was on ESPN, they used to watch it and they would think that it was FaceTime,
2: oh, and okay. they'd get
0: furious when I wouldn't talk back to them. <laughs>
1: like, <laughs> Why aren't you answering yeah. me? <laughs> hey,
0: welcome to CrossFit Games. Hey, daddy. Hey, daddy. What? what?
1: up? <laughs> oh, that's really cute. Yeah. That's really cute. So you mentioned that the work-life balance is a little hard. Those three years were kind of crazy, but how have you navigated that?
0: Um, cause you do,
1: I mean, how many, you have three kids now, right? Two, two kids. Yeah.
0: Okay. Uh, two and a dog. Okay. The, um, the short answer to, um, the question until probably two years ago was that mm-hmm. I didn't do it well, <laughs> right? <laughs> like very poorly. <laughs> and, um, which was always, even I think affiliate owners probably at some point realized that once you start fostering, community or people that are not yourself Mm -hmm. your fitness level typically goes down right for a lot of people that's not that's not universal but um, yeah I had a direct inverse correlation with my fitness and (laughs) and my job here at HQ Um, the year before I moved up here I did the Southern California Regional okay and that was in the time when we would take six athletes I think and I was I don't know I was like five spots off of qualifying so I was fit you You know I was was, was in good shape and uh and kids and everything fit into this scenario. So, I mean, there's, there's a million ways to answer the question, but Mm -hmm. what's, uh, at least in terms of work now, it's been, uh, it's been amazing in the, in the last, well, even since 2012, to be Mm -hmm. fair, we've had so many competent people that have come on board and filled roles. Whereas, and I think it's kind of a startup B type thing where at first you're wearing a bajillion hats Mm -hmm. and I was still teaching seminars. Right. Um, uh, to where now we've gotten people who've sort of settled into zones, mm-hmm. and you're able to, um, why well not just able, but uh, it's appropriate to trust different people in the capacities that they've been put in, mm-hmm. and um, and they're competent; they can fill, fulfill those roles way better than someone who's stretched to the end of their rope
1: can. Absolutely. So, um, it's a good really,
0: feeling. yeah. And th- this last year was was awesome.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, and uh, actually the last two years it was like, I think it was uh regionals last year, but certainly the, the open tour last year, Mm -hmm. uh, I told Adrian, I was like, this is the first time that I'm like truly enjoying, you know, I always enjoyed like going to the place and meeting the people, but I was still really uptight. Mm
2: -hmm.
0: And, uh, last year and this year, especially I, um, I've gone to the Meridian regional every year, even since it was Europe Mm -hmm. and this is, it was hardcore, but it's one of my favorite memories. Mm Um, a dude came up to me after I was doing play by play that year. So I think it was 2014 or 15. Um, yeah. Anyways, this guy came up and he said, uh, Hey man, I just, uh, I want to say what's up. And I wanted to tell you like, really enjoyed. he was one of our runners. He's like, mm-hmm. I really enjoyed working with you this year. And it means a lot to me because I was here last year and you were a complete asshole.
1: Oh, and I was like, wow. Oh my God. <laughs> That's was, good feedback. <laughs> but I was
0: stoked. I was yeah. like, dude, I, I, I said last year, there's no excuse, yeah. but I was uh, very, very stressed out last <laughs> yeah. year. And uh, I really appreciate you saying that because it's a, uh, it was a tangible thing you could feel, you, you know, feel
1: it. it's good to know, to know that other people notice that difference too. No doubt. Yeah.
0: And it's, uh, even though it's embarrassing you know, <laughs> <laughs> at, at the time, but, uh, we were, we were up against the odds that year Yeah. we had, uh, that was the first year that we did something for, um, for an international broadcaster. And it was all very last second. Mm. And they're like, Hey, you know, That's we just need lot. information on all the athletes and, and, uh, you know, give our commentators a rundown. What is CrossFit? What is the CrossFit games? Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And, um, I said no excuses, but now I'm giving you all my excuses. All your excuses.
1: <laughs> just teach them everything in an hour. Yeah. Wow.
0: But it was cool to see. Mm-hmm. It was cool to hear that from an outside source, but it was certainly something that, that I felt as well mm-hmm. where, and, and part of that was just slapping myself in the face and being like, dude, best seat in the house for every CrossFit games. I they mean, get to sit on the floor. That's amazing. Literally, yeah. for, you know, I mean, so cool. Um, and the open announcements are freaking awesome. Get to mm-hmm. see you guys like, you know, in the flesh yeah. doing your thing um, in that, in that cool kind of high energy Such environment. A
1: cool environment, Yeah.
0: And, uh, yeah, life is good. So I'm just making sure that I don't like get to 75 or 80 and be like, damn it. Totally squandered <laughs> right, that by being, this. Yeah, yeah. Being stressed out about things as opposed to, Really enjoying the the uh, yeah the magnitude, the, the coolness of the seat that I get to sit in.
1: That's a great philosophy. A great philosophy. You mentioned a little bit earlier, and I know you made a post about this when after this year's Open was over, about your experience with cancer. Yeah. Can you talk about that? Like totally. most people do not even know that that was in your history or I know, how that which, affected you.
0: Which I um, which I regret, and it's something that's it's, it's a goal of mine to be more active about um, being kind of an advocate for Mm -hmm. that because I do have an elevated voice and I get to, um, you know, I get to bend people's ears more often than most.
1: However you want. Yeah.
0: Um, so the, the long story short is that in, in 2010, um, gosh I'd been been up here for about a year and a half doing mm-hmm. CrossFit stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh in January I just had like uh give you my doctor story. Yeah. <laughs> I knew something was wrong, you know. There was no science to it. I was just like, man, just something doesn't feel right. Off, yeah. You know? Not not even physically. I was just like I had this kinda kinda the back of the mind like mm-hmm. voice talking to me. And I went to, a, I didn't have a doctor at the time. Actually, mm-hmm. I was only six months into having had health insurance. Oh, well, good so for
2: that.
0: Yeah. I was, uh, was kind of like young and dumb and right. thought I didn't need I'm it. I'm invincible. <laughs> and uh, it, this doctor was like, he told me everything I wanted to hear. He's like, mm-hmm. no, nah, dude, you're good to go. Like everything oh. checks out. You're fine. And I knew he was wrong, but he told me what I wanted to hear. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I took that to the bank and we went down to uh, Jordan's house, okay. uh, my, my in-law's house for Christmas. And then it, it like literally felt like I got kicked in the nuts. Mm-hmm. I was like, I woke up one day and I was like, okay. Something is wrong. Something's, yeah. now Now it's like I need to go to a hospital wrong. And uh, there's an old, uh, uro- well, he's not, he's not old. He was a master's competitor, a urologist here. Okay. And he's an old CrossFitter, meaning he was like back in the early days of CrossFit okay. HQ. He was around. And so I called him. And it was like, there wasn't even a physical exam. He was like, yeah, you have cancer. <laughs> <And>
2: <laughs> wow. I was like, ah! Wow.
0: And the if I fast forward, the story is diagnosed on a Friday, surgery on a Tuesday. Wow. That
2: quick. And
0: so it was quick. It was stage 1A. And so sometimes I think that uh, someone who's been through that situation, I almost feel like I had like training wheels cancer, mm. you know, um, but backing all the way out. It's still, um, you know, they gave you the, the post-operation options were chemotherapy mm-hmm. and knock it out or um, six years of surveillance. And Ange was pregnant with number two, mm-hmm. and we were like, you know, the toxicity of, of chemo is so nasty. Yeah, I was like, all right, weighing those options, um, we chose to do uh, the surveillance. So, yeah, now I am literally just finished up my six years wow. in January.
1: Well, congratulations. Thank you. That's yeah, exciting. and it's the
0: first... Um, yeah, first time it can be like kind of, kind of cancer free. Cause yeah. even though it was so quick, so easy, like, um, even after the surgery that the, the doctor, it, it felt like the vibe was saying, Hey dude, you're done. You're
1: going to be okay. We yeah. still got
0: to go through the steps, but you're done. Mm-hmm. And, uh, <laughs> sorry. But, uh, but still every time you go back for blood work, every time you go oh, back yeah. for CT scans, every time you go back for chest x-rays, it's kind of like, there's one, so, much stress. There's so yeah. much stress. I mean, you're around sick people, which, um, for me, I'm not good in hospitals. Like mm-hmm. I don't, I don't, Get creeped out or anything. I'm just sort of like, I'd rather not be there.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And, um, and you're around people who are legitimately, you know, mm-hmm. going through it, like getting their, getting chemotherapy yeah. or in some cases dying, mm-hmm. you know. So I'm sitting in a waiting room with a doctor who's like, Hey, I'm sorry I'm late. And I'm like, Dude, it's <laughs> like, going
1: to be okay. Email yeah. me if you need to. <laughs> like, I'm, you know, I gotta, I'm yeah. going to
0: go do another workout. Yeah. Um, wow. So it's a stressful and crazy situation. And then, um, just for the sake of interest of a, of a medical professional, uh, in the post-op scans, they were like, Hey, good to go. We got all the cancer, but this weird thing in your lung needs to be Mm -hmm. looked at as well. And it was completely unrelated to cancer. I actually have a congenital birth defect No way. that was my entire lower third of my right lung Mm -hmm. was non-functional lung tissue. No way. Yes. And it had a, um, it was being served blood by my descending aorta, through oh, like an anomalous blood supply okay. that that doesn't exist in your body.
1: How cool! Yeah. I mean, not cool, but interesting. But cool for, yeah, no, yeah. cool for you. I get it. Interesting and
0: uh, and yeah. amazing
1: that the body can do that. Amazing right? the body can How do adapt.
0: And they said you know usually they catch it in babies and they'll do the surgery right mm-hmm. then. But I I grew up with this thing and adapted as well as you can adapt. But he said um, it was really sketchy actually because. It was, um, it was putting me at risk to basically be like the guy who drops dead on a basketball court, mm. like seemingly healthy. I'd be in the middle of a wad and all of yeah. a sudden that thing bursts and wow. it's like four heartbeats and you're done.
1: Wow. So good thing that you caught it. Then, it's huh? a good
0: thing they caught it. Yeah. And so, yeah, I know it was, it was rapidly after the cancer thing. We sandwiched our baby in there. So we had our, <laughs> our daughter did the CrossFit games and then I had this lung surgery, which is a full partial thoracotomy. I'll show you the scar if you haven't seen it before, but it was gnarly, you know, like they opened up the lungs, did the whole thing, 10 days in the hospital. And, um, yeah, so the, that was what that post was about. was essentially six years past that being, being able to be retrospective enough to where like, you know, I've just become a master's athlete. Mm -hmm. And so I'm at that age where, I still want to be able to do everything that I could do. Yeah. And I i take myself, I don't take myself too seriously, but like, you know, I still want to win workouts and I still sure. dislike losing, sure. but I got to look at the big, big picture, picture and be like, I preach this all the time. Like mm-hmm. this is about the lifelong process mm-hmm. as opposed to beating Adrian's ass or like being the fittest man on, on right. earth. Like there's bigger fish to fry. And, um, and so, yeah, I was, I was trying to keep that all in perspective and mm-hmm. I think I did a better job of it this year than I ever have.
1: It definitely looked like it. And that's such great perspective to have. And I think good to share that and a good lesson in listening to your body and making sure if something's up, totally go get checked out. Right. Cause you D- never know. Oh dude, are.
0: absolutely. I, um, have you read any of Lance Armstrong's books?
1: I have not. No. Okay.
0: Cause, cause when I read that, I think that I'm a complete like wussy because he's <laughs> like, uh, the dude literally was, he was like, Yeah at one point my testicle was as big as a grapefruit and I was like coughing up blood, but I didn't want to go to the hospital. Oh, I was like, gosh. Oh my God. Like, I was like, I thought that something might be possibly wrong. <laughs> and so and I ran I to the doctor. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I think better safe than sorry. Absolutely. In that yes. No, he's
0: a bad example in many ways.
1: <laughs> <laughs> wow. But, um, but you mentioned Roe versus Boz. I want to talk about that yeah. a little bit because it has been such a cool, just a cool event and it's evolved in such a neat way over the past few years and it's always fun to watch you guys. But what, what has it been like for you? Uh,
0: you know, it's been, well, it's been awesome. It's been really, really awesome. Uh, it started very, uh, I hate to use the word organically, but Mm -hmm. it was, it was, uh, it was just something we did. Mm -hmm. You know, Adrian's a, you know, he's always got cool ideas. So, when the open first came out, he was like, well, there's video submission options. So we have to do everyone by video submission. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, cool, dude, I'm on board with that. And so that was the kind of the thing in the first one. And then the second one, we still weren't head to head. We were kind of like eyeballing each other and like, all right, do this compare scores. Mm -hmm. Well, that next year was when we did the first live announcement. And um, I'm sure you've heard the story because he's been on the show as well. Mm -hmm. But we literally at that time open announcements. And I think even like when we were in Chicago, there was kind of like a party afterwards and, and people would, were there mm-hmm. as much for the social element as anything else. Mm-hmm. Well, Scott Panchik and Dan Billy got done with their workout and we're just sort of like milling about. Everybody's gone off to the barbecue and we're like,
2: let's do like this. All this, stuff, this stuff's yeah. Still
0: set up. It's fantastic. Let's do it. <laughs> and uh, Dave was like, yeah, I mean, whatever, go ahead. Sure. And yeah, so the tradition was born sort of naturally uh-huh. and it's cool that it's, it's developed what was a cult following? You know, (laughs) people were like, Oh, what happened with Roe versus Boz? And, uh, this year was very strange to have the major coverage.
1: It had a lot of awesome coverage. It seemed like a much more, a much bigger event this year. It was a thing. Maybe a little more pressure too. A lot.
0: What was that like? (laughs) I don't, I didn't handle it well.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I think you did. I think you did.
0: I, um, it's funny. I, I, well, I've got a million thoughts on it, but um, what was it like? You know, it takes a lot of, cause I, I, I don't take myself too seriously, but I take my job seriously mm-hmm. and I love the, I love presenting and I spend a lot of uh, um, you've been there with me when I'm like, if I'm going to do a show or something yep. like yeah, It takes a lot of mental energy and um, you know, you'd spend it on that. And back, back in the day, it was almost like a release when me and Boz would do the workout. Yeah. But this year it was almost That's like you're setting stress. up to do another thing, you know? Yeah. And so it was interesting. It was really interesting. Um, and I think, Well, one, I gained tons of insight, not that it was at all like competing in the CrossFit games, but I gained a lot of insight on what you guys must go through.
1: Interesting.
0: Um, Mm. In terms of, one, when a microphone is being placed in your face, (laughs) two, hearing other people talking about you, like while you're doing your workout, watching media that's based on your workouts, which Mm -hmm. I didn't, none of that stuff before, you know, it was all fun and games. Right. Like literally in 2013, I would walk onto the competition floor with a beer and put it down and and compete. Yeah, do it. Um, so all of that kind of stuff was, was interesting. And then, uh, the other takeaway was that, um, you know, I, I consider myself an athlete and I, I love my level of fitness in terms of my peers in life Mm -hmm. In CrossFit. It's a different story, but my peers in life. Um, and I'm just not like, I'm just not driven by competition the way that some other people are. So it's cool for me that I can like, it doesn't, doesn't really ruin my world, Yeah, you know?
1: But it's cool for people to see that too. Like, you can still do this competition, and it's head to head, and it's super intense. But then at the end of the day, it's like, yeah, we move on. We exactly, do exactly, exactly. Go to work the next day, or do whatever. Yes,
0: and I had to shave my head. But like at the, you know, and, I, and Bosman bested me yet again. But I still like I sure would says this better than anybody. But I'll go, you know, in my social circles, like at the kids' school, mm-hmm. like I'm a freak.
2: <laughs> like, yeah.
0: oh my god, they're gonna probably does the crossfit games. It's like
2: no, I just like I do
0: a workout every day, and yeah, you know. Um, so it's cool. I think um, I think it's a huge opportunity, though. I think mm-hmm. that that um, next year we'll try and incorporate even more people because mm-hmm. I think the dream would be, or a better way to say this is, is the way, the reason people like it is. Um, it's not because of me. It's not because of Boz. It's because watching you do the open workout, mm-hmm. I can't relate to. Right. You know, watching uh, watching Matt Fraser, Cole Sager, and Scott Panchik throw down, it's like, okay. like I, Right. I don't, I don't but know. how
1: am I going to approach exactly. this? Exactly. Like, yeah. What is
0: that going to feel like? What's it going to look like? So my hope is that, um, that next year, maybe we even have, you know, think about how many age categories we have from mm-hmm. teenagers all the way up to masters, mm-hmm. and then all the different levels that you could be as well, from oh, scale yeah. to- um, twenty thousandth in the world. To I'm knocking on the door of regionals. Mm-hmm. To regional athlete. To games athlete. If you could represent all those people in the row versus boss type format, I think it would be even better. That would be
1: really cool. Then at yeah. some
0: point you get to be like, oh cool, like, I'm a 40 year old woman who is you know just outside of regionals. Right. We'll see how that chick does. Right. Um, but yeah, because I
1: think that's always one of the most useful things for me is I love watching the announcements when the girls are going because I feel like. Okay, I can at least gauge how they're doing and how I might approach the workout. Right. But even even if it's the guy's going, I feel like sometimes it's not as relatable. So Interesting. to be able to have someone who's more similar to you and yes. to your fitness to be able to kind of come up with a strategy and how you're going to approach the workout is super Yeah. super fun.
0: Yeah, and I mean, I th- I, uh, I even think sometimes I'm like I wish that I don't wish that it'd be cool to have the show on, like, Monday right at the close of the Open. Oh, wow. So everybody is, like, already practiced, and you yeah. kind of know what's possible. You've seen some scores. You've done some strategies. And then you see everybody do it, you know? But uh, that's interesting to hear that you even have trouble relating to the guys. Totally makes sense. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, ultimately what the what the athletes in the Open announcements are about is just a showcase, you know? People mm-hmm. love to watch you guys compete, and, it's, uh, and rightly so. It's compelling. So I, I love that we can fill that backspace where – yeah, 1% of 1% will be doing the CrossFit Games with those people. Mm-hmm. 300,000 of you are going to be doing it with these idiots. Like, yeah. Let's see how they do it, you
2: know?
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, so cool. So cool. What do you see for the future of CrossFit Games media coverage or CrossFit media coverage in general? What, do you um, think, what would you love to see happen in the future?
0: I, I love. Um, I love that it's a cool flagship for the affiliates. And so we've got a pretty amazing team right now who are you know we're we're rejiggering all the broadcast stuff right now um so i'd love to see bigger more accessible shows mm-hmm. you know um it, it it's a it's a shame when sometimes you see people like oh i didn't get to see the crossfit games because mm-hmm. xyz it wasn't available in my country didn't have right. native land so i'd love to see it in different countries um oh, that would be cool. yeah more of it and um in terms of the games format, I'm happy, you know? Mm-hmm. Some people are like, oh, well, what about more off-season competitions? And it seems as if there's an appetite for people to compete. Like, I, I like the uh, – well, one, I like that we have an off-season. I and do,
1: too. I think it's important. <laughs> <laughs> it is.
0: And, and things like the team series fill that gap yep. in my mind in terms of it's a fun, different format. Mm-hmm. So I think there's work to be done, and, mm-hmm. and everybody agrees that we can um, we can do a better job of, of uh, those events. But, um, in terms of the way that the season lays out, I think it's, you know, remember the days when we used to like change it from year to year and it was like, Oh no, this year there's open this year. There's open sectionals or, you know, or sorry, sectionals, regionals. Okay. This year there's the open. Mm -hmm. I think the open regionals games format is awesome. Oh yeah. And, um,
2: works really well.
0: Yeah, and the the way that we cover even even regionals is, I think, really cool for our fans. Mm-hmm. There's virtually nothing you can't see. It's um, amazing, yeah. The Oh, you know what? I know what I'm excited about. The uh, the social media stuff, mm. like the amount of streaming and things that you can do on social media and the way that you can incorporate people into the conversation
2: mm-hmm.
0: is, um, there's a cheesy way to do it and there's a not cheesy way to do it. And yeah. I really like that interaction. Um, we wrapped up the Open, for example, this year. We did a studio show and you know, you're supposed to kind of read the live comments and interact or whatever. And I thought that the computer was broken. Like nobody was saying anything. Mm -hmm. And I was like, come on, you guys, like you got to, you have to communicate for us to work this thing. Like, otherwise it's not going to happen. And all of a sudden like, like things come in. So it's a cool two way interaction. And so I look forward to, and the studio team I know is working on things where you might even be able to bring in a caller or you might be able able to um, interact with different people more easily. Mm -hmm. Um, They've done, uh, have you met Joe Novello? Mm -mm. Actually, I'm sure you've met Joe Novello, but you don't know it. Mm -hmm. Joe is our coordinating producer. Okay. He, he literally has been in the industry for decades. Um, like he was doing tour de France, like when I was still in diapers, Wow. you know? (laughs) And, uh, anyways, Joe's a champion of finding, ways to make things work technologically, okay. um, with the limited resources we have. And by that, I mean like we're not, we don't have a real television studio here. We don't have a satellite on top of the roof. Mm-hmm. Um, but via the internet and interesting technologies that Joe will find, we can, uh, for example, get the open announcement for Mexico city cool. to be broadcast to the world yeah. through, uh, the studio here in Santa Cruz. Anyways, um, he's, he's been incorporating and in the, and the studio team has been working on ways where we could, yeah, like incorporate people from different regions more readily, mm-hmm. uh, get reports from, from the remote areas. And so I, I look forward to more of that, but you know, the whole, the whole media landscape is kind of changing in terms of it's, yeah television yeah. and how people watch it and video right. on demand versus, um, versus live stuff. So, um, I'm interested for the ride, but in terms of the way that we do media, I like that we still have a lot of freedom and we sort of, we experiment from year to year. We try mm-hmm. new things and, and, uh, if it works, we take it. And if it doesn't, we don't kind of yeah. like CrossFit.
1: Yeah. Love it. What do you have a day to day sort of routine now?
0: Yeah. My day to day is weird. It's very, um, it really depends on the time of year okay. dramatically and obviously during the, during the open that entails time to travel. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'll, I'll be on the road for regionals as well. But, um, in the run up to the seasons and now we're starting to get to the point where we're actually like, you know, six months to a year ahead. Mm-hmm. I get a heavy hand in kind of promoting the sport mm-hmm. and making sure people know what's coming up, where to watch it, how to watch it, um, things like that. So, um, we got a really talented full-time editor that's dedicated to that. Mm-hmm. And then of course we got a whole, whole uh, army of of guys who can make amazing media here too so my day to day mostly entails kind of trying to stay ahead of what's coming next Okay. Um, even to the, you know as the open's rolling as the open's winding down and make sure we've got stuff in the bank to make mm-hmm. sure that people know how to watch regionals where to go um, and then I like to think that I'm trying to make sure that we keep it mixed up too. Okay. So I'm trying to pitch stuff. Like I was mentioning the email of the day concept, yeah. um, trying to, love, by the way, yeah. Trying to get a video component that goes with right. that. Um, and again, I don't, I don't think it's like, uh, I don't think it's because people are lazy. I just think it's because some, you know, sometimes yeah. those are complimentary things. You're like, okay, I don't really feel like reading this information. I'd, I'd, I'd let somebody read it to me.
1: Right. Give people options.
0: Yeah. Um, trying to work on some lifestyle type shows. I went on a, a trip to Ireland in mm. November and I basically did the most awesome affiliate tour.
2: Oh,
1: cool. And
0: did the lift off with some people, yeah. went around Ireland and visited, and just kind of tried to tell affiliate stories. And Ian Wittenberg was with me. Oh, cool. And so that'll be coming out soon.
1: That is awesome.
0: And so, yeah, if you want to talk about a dream job, like, I think Here's what? There's
1: your travel show and your oh, CrossFit dude.
0: You just- you imagine? Like Travel the,
1: the world visiting CrossFit affiliate With
0: the greatest community on earth. Yeah. and uh, Dream job. Having them do it. So we might, we might do that also with Madison because I think people, yes. you of all people can appreciate Madison, right? Yes. I mean, well, Midwest. I'm Midwest.
1: Yes. Yeah. I haven't actually been to Madison, but I've heard amazing things about it.
0: So. Yeah. But you know the culture of the Midwest. Yes. And I think people are confused. They're like, oh, yeah, Madison's going to suck. Like it's in, <laughs> it's in Wisconsin. And I'm like, no, Madison's going to be awesome, awesome because it's in Wisconsin. <laughs> you know? So I yes. want to get ahead of that. I want to... Um, I hate shoving things down people's throat and I don't want to be like, Madison's cool. You're going to love it. Madison's right. cool. You're going to love it. Take my word for it. I'd love to go and highlight it and be like, Hey, CrossFitters, are usually coffee snobs. Like here's some cool coffee shops. Hey, yeah. some of you guys like to drink beer and get crazy. Here's some cool nightclubs, mm-hmm. um, outdoors, kids, whatever it is. Yeah. And, uh, I like the lifestyle stuff, but yeah, I talk about a dream job. That's
1: yeah. It's that's so it. cool for all the things that the spectators are going to be able to do this year at the games. I'm I agree. super excited for that.
0: Yeah. And, and you know, you only, you see the world through your lens, but even, even with like, um, the, uh, the stuff that I get to enjoy, like, like luxury suites and stuff for my kids, mm-hmm. uh, it's still, they will be bored to tears. And if you're in the home Depot or the step up center, mm-hmm. um, there was nowhere for them to go. And it was like, so whoever's watching them, if it's my wife or my mom or whoever's there to help, um, it was a long ride back to Rosecrans. Yeah. Or, you know, they've got bored kids and they're pulling their hair out and nobody's having fun. Right. I think Madison's gonna be the opposite because you've got walking, biking access to just about anything. Yeah. And, um, you know, they're gonna do tent camping on site. That is so cool. Tent camping, they've got 100 RV spots. So I think that you're gonna have this like, uh, almost... I hate to make the comparison to Aromas because Aromas is, was what it was. Right. But that festival atmosphere coming back where people can um, have a more rounded experience yes. instead of just, I'm watching competition, I'm Vendor Village, I'm done.
1: Right. I'm going to go back to my hotel. Yeah, right. long drive yep. back
0: home. Um, I think it'll be cool to see that. But now yeah. I'm jamming it down people's throat.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll see. Oh, exactly. Um, Okay, I want to finish with three questions I ask everyone. Okay. So the first one is three things you do on a regular basis that have the biggest positive impact on your health.
0: Um I made some changes recently to um I tried to establish my morning routine. So these oh, are good. I'm going to uh, Yes, I uh and and I, I do not knock this out of the park all the time, but I try and uh read for about 10 minutes every morning. Okay. I try and meditate. Um so whether that means um I actually use the Headspace app more I often love than it. not. Yeah. Me too. Uh otherwise just literally trying to focus on breathing for a short amount of time. Okay. Um
1: anything that you read in particular?
0: Um no. It's some it's pretty much flavor of the week. Re- lately I've been way into the psychology of athletics. Interesting. Yeah, I read a book called um, How Bad Do You Want It? Mm. And I think it's uh the guy's last name is Keller and it was mostly focused on endurance sports but it was you know what goes on mm-hmm. upstairs uh, to take people over the edge.
2: Very interesting. And
0: then the guy who wrote uh, Saltwater Buddha, his last name is Yogis, and uh, he wrote one called uh, The Fear Experiment. Mm. And um, same kind of thing. It's like how, how fear can be a motivator. But um, no, just try and focus on something, usually not CrossFit. I guess okay. that's, that's my short that's answer there. That's a good there. theme, yeah. Um, yeah, and just have that quiet time mm-hmm. uh, and literally map out the day. Mm-hmm. So I'll try and do... Um, do a schedule of the day that includes every single hour from wake up to bedtime, yep. not anal retentive about it. Just sort of like generally these are the things I need Check to need to do. Yeah.
1: And do you do this at home before you come to work or once you get to work or I'll are there it. like kids involved? Like how I'll do you do, knock I, out that time? I got
0: to get up really early to be pre kids. Okay. And so I'll, I'll do that at home or Monday, Wednesday, Friday. I usually leave the house a little bit earlier and stop at a coffee shop. Got it. And get stuff going. Um. So I don't know how many you can count that as maybe one. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Oh, two, two. So read and meditate, Meditate. and those have been huge for me. Um. And then I've tried to incorporate a gratitude practice. So I love
2: that.
0: Yeah, as much as possible in the morning. But me and my wife, um, will literally before we go to bed, like last thing, Mm -hmm. we'll say at least one thing that we're grateful for. Mm -hmm. Um. And of course, all the psychology is there for why that's a positive. So
1: powerful. Why that's a positive
0: benefit. Um. And we're pretty good about it, you That's know? That's really
1: good. And I think it helps to do it with your significant other because, um, my husband and I have been doing that and we do, we do the gratitude, but we also do like, we always say like our three wins at the end of the day, nice. because it's so easy. I feel like to go to bed thinking about all the things you didn't get done or totally. that you're like, oh shoot, I have to do this tomorrow and this tomorrow. But to focus on the positive yes. is I think, or just, has been um, really good for us.
0: you know, I, I you know, you, it's infrequent no matter what your job is, I think, that someone's going to be like, hey, you know what? Great job today on everything, right. even though you accomplished quite quite a few things. So um, for lack of a better descriptor, sometimes you got to be the one that pats yourself on the back yeah. so that you can be like, I was hauling ass today. I didn't get anything done. But when you <laughs> stop and do that, you're like, no, actually, like I kicked out a few yeah. correspondence that I had to get done. I got a good training session in. And, and whatever right. it was, you can reward yourself with that. Um, so I like I that. Love that. Yeah. Have you seen the... Uh, There's a product called the best self journal. Mm -mm. I'll show you mine. It's, um, they basically just take in all the popular productivity and positive mindset stuff and put it into one journal. Okay. But it's all that stuff. So you pull it
1: out like at the end of the day or beginning of the day or something like that. Yes to both. You're like, yeah, it's
0: got like, uh, um, a wins and lessons learned Mm -hmm. thing for each day. And then it's got, you know, today I'm grateful for, and it's got your, your schedule and everything. It's pretty cool.
1: Very cool. We'll link up to that too. Um, one thing that you're working on, something that you think would have a big impact, but you have a hard time implementing it professionally. No, just in general for your health.
0: Um, I have been working with, uh, I've known about what to put in my body as fuel Mm -hmm. for a decade Mm -hmm. and uh, longer than that. Um, I've been interested in nutrition, but the compliance has always been a difficult a difficult thing almost that I just don't think it's hard, but I'm just like, don't want to commit to it. Right. And so I've done my, I've taken about three weeks off now, (laughs) but starting in December, I started kicking ass on nutrition, at least in terms of tracking what I was eating Mm -hmm. and measuring the results. Uh, and huge props to, um, a D Casu who is getting married this week, first Ah, of all. But, uh, she's, she's a huge, um, really just an accountability partner. Okay. You know, uh, again, it's not rocket science to figure out the zone or to figure out macronutrient content mm-hmm. or even to use like my fitness pal, mm-hmm. but it's nice to have someone kicking you in the ass and, and at least once a week being like, Hey dude, like where's your stuff?
1: Right. Are you doing H- how yeah. to go this
0: week? Did it go good? Did it go bad? So true. And, um, w- whatever the answer is holding you accountable to okay. it and not like berating you when it's bad and like celebrating you when it's good, just right. being there to make sure you do it. Um, so she's been a huge help with that. Um, and, uh, and I also, it got me like, I needed to commit to something. I love to bounce around. Like, I'll go, all right, I'm going to do the Bulletproof Coffee Diet. All right, right. I'm going to try and be extremely catonic. All right, right. I'm going to try and be a vegetarian. Like, I love to try it all. <laughs>
1: Every week, something different, yeah.
0: And, uh, yeah, and, and actually, sometimes I'll be like, you know, I'll stick with it for 30, 60 yeah. days. But I do like to bounce back and forth. It's kind of an internal joke at the office. Like, right, what are you doing this week, bro? Um, and fasting and stuff like that. Yeah. I think it's all fascinating, but... uh so that's one major change is really focusing on what goes in the body.
1: Mm-hmm. And good point about having that accountability partner and finding like who is going to be a b- good person to do that. Because it's sometimes like, oh, you like I tell my husband all the time, like, okay, we're going to do this yes. for 30 days. But not all the time are we <laughs> able to really be that person <laughs> totally. for each other. So sometimes you need someone else.
0: Oh, I mean, how many times have you you know, identified something and been like, Oh, Hey, you know what? We have to do this. Right. And then just like, it goes yeah. out the window. Right. And the next time it comes "Oh, we have to do this, you know, cause like, we really get this budget in order <laughs> it goes out the window. So,
1: so true. So yeah. True.
0: That, that's been, it's been nice to have somebody do that. And actually, um, uh, for workouts, uh, Stefan Roche was doing that for me. Mm, great. And the same thing, he would just text me and be like, he wasn't giving me programming. He wasn't coaching my form. It wasn't doing anything like that. He mm-hmm. would just text me and be like, Hey man, how'd this week go? Like, yeah. Did you do good? Did you, you know, get your workouts in? Did you do what yeah. you're supposed to do? And you know, yeah. we all know what that means for ourselves. That's great. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I hold myself a little bit more accountable. The, uh, the other thing that had a really lasting effect on me was, um, have you done the complaint, complaint free challenge?
1: No, but I've, is this a CrossFit New England thing?
0: CrossFit New England uh, rift off of it. Okay. But there's a book that exists. There's a book. And it's okay. the same concept. I did
1: not know about the book.
0: But um, we'll ben, but Ben's it. great with it. Okay. And you could read like uh, Tim Ferriss' 100 mm-hmm. word write up on what it's supposed to be and just go off of that. Okay. But uh, no, more or less like you have a physical implement, like a silicon bracelet. And anytime that you... You're human, so you can't not complain. Mm-hmm. But every time that you vocalize a complaint, you switch wrists. Okay. And you try and make it for 21 days, which obviously turns into, like, 50 or 100 right. days. Right, how
1: far can you go? But
0: it's a—it's uh, more of a mindfulness exercise to be, like, what's actually coming out of my mouth. Right. And when you do it.
1: To recognize that.
0: Yes. You and you start recognizing so much stuff in the world, you know? I bet. And I thought it was cheesy at first. But when, I, when I tried it, I was like, wow, like, people do complain a lot. A lot. And yeah. you can imagine, like, the negative self-talk that comes out. Especially oh, in great. workouts, you know?
1: Oh, yeah. Oh, my gosh. I think sometimes crossfitters are the worst at it because we're great and really fit, but we love to complain all the way up until we start the totally. workout. <laughs> it's so true.
0: Do you um? Do you practice that? Like, do you have, I know you went to Tony Robbins.
1: I did, yeah. Yeah, yeah so I, d- I do try to be very mindful of that. Um. And, again, my husband and I try to, like, keep each other accountable. But I really, like, I had heard of the... The bracelet thing, I heard Katrin talk about the bracelet yeah. thing and thought that was a really good idea. Another one of those things where I was like, we need to do this. And then <laughs> we're doing we it. We have yet to get the bracelet. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, that's something I try to be really conscious of. Obviously, we're all human, so we have our tendencies. And um, I do need to get the
0: bracelet yeah. now. But, but like, in, would you get that in workouts? Do you, would you even have conscious thoughts? Like when you're in a games workout, for example?
1: Oh, yeah. I think it's different i don't know different event
0: to event and all that yeah
1: and i think i think training when i was training for the games and training or like doing a competition event you catch yourself you have to catch yourself and i would do that a lot like i would catch myself going down a negative path and then you have to like stop it and yeah really intercept those thoughts because yeah. for a lot of people they are natural like that's what comes up so, in your mind. so you have to really be mindful for sure
0: I worked on that a lot, like before the open Yeah, and I was like, I'm in a great spot. And then 17.1, I was like, Hey, my life, this, sucks. Right. Like, as soon as that, <laughs> I'm true. quitting. I'm just going to quit. Nobody <laughs> will notice. I'm just going to walk outside.
1: It was worse. I think 17.1 was the worst one. Cause as soon as that workout came out, I was like, Oh man, I really don't want to do this. It's going to hurt so bad. And then I think it's like getting over the nerves of the first one. And then the yeah. rest of the week seemed much easier, but yeah. Yeah. That's well,
0: too funny. Or, or, and I'm sure it's I I would venture to guess it's the same for most people, but once it starts, like that conscious thought kind of shuts off, you know? And yeah, you may be going down a negative path at some point and correct yourself, but more or less for me, it's just like, all I'm seeing is like white flashes. Mm
1: -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. As soon as the workout starts, you're usually okay. All right. Last question is what does a healthy life look like to you?
0: Um, a healthy life looks like, well, I guess I want to answer this in terms of what my fitness goals are. And they're mostly based on, the concept that we always talk about or that I've always Mm -hmm. talked about, which is a very low trajectory at a very distant horizon. And so I think when I think about fitness goals now for me, Mm -hmm. I think about doing things with my kids when they're old enough to like Mm. do really cool things. Mm -hmm. And I'm already like coaching and my son is, is old enough to throw a ball around, Mm -hmm. uh, practice soccer with, you know, play sports. But, uh, we just went to Yosemite for example. And I was like, I am going to come here and I want to climb half dome with my son and daughter, Wow. you know, and that's going to be at least another 15 years, probably. Yeah. Oh, I don't know. So I mean, cool. ten, 10, years at least. And so, um, a healthy lifestyle has balance and things like that. Um, and, and living consciously. So mm-hmm. that's one of the things that I think the physical aspect we all really know about, but mm-hmm. like the ideas we've been banging around for the last 15 minutes or, um, you know, even the, the meditation practices mm-hmm. and, and, um, being more conscious of the way that your that your mind and your thoughts are and controlling those mm-hmm. has a lot to do with it and that was the area that I was that I was lacking in mm-hmm. when I was uh I don't know just w- when when I found that I was less balanced mm-hmm. so
1: what triggered you to start making those changes or to
2: be more um, conscious of it
0: you know i think that w- well, like i was telling you earlier that i'm living this awesome dream job mm-hmm. but i would still find that i was extremely stressed out mm-hmm. or that I was um sad or mad or, you know, all these negative emotions that you can get yourself spun yeah. up on. And I was like, What well, then what's going on? What's the point? What am I doing wrong? And I think more often than not it was either just focusing on negative or just, you know, kind of doing that pit bull thing where I just bite onto one thing that was mostly work related usually. Mm-hmm and forgetting like, Oh wow, I live in Santa Cruz and I can go surfing down the street and (laughs) I've got two awesome kids that want to go play outside. We've got redwood groves and things like that. Um, so it was, it was an identified lack of balance. I think, um, I think some of it's natural, you know, like there's, there's, you're getting older and having kids and stuff like that. Like Mm -hmm. life changes quite a bit. So it's just a, it's, it's getting used to stuff. And if you show me somebody who's, uh, who's balanced with like two infants in their home and a full-time <laughs> job, like I'll kiss your ass. Like it just it doesn't really exist. So, you know, I'm not beating myself up about it. There right. was a, there was some crazy years. Or so like, you know, I was telling you the, the crazy medical stuff, plus kids, plus, plus professional, like yeah. looking back, there was nothing that we could, I couldn't change then, you know, like right. meditation wasn't going to like,
1: right. Make all those, it wasn't going to make it all go away. Yeah. It, it wasn't going to
0: raise my kids. But, uh, but I, I think I, part of it is that, um, I recognized that I needed it. And part of it was that now I can, mm-hmm. because of all the reasons I told you about mm-hmm. how many people work here that are mm-hmm. amazing, um, how much we've grown as a, uh, as a company and, yeah. and systems that have been put in place. So it's a now, now part of it's that I can, but um, yeah, certainly seeking balance and mm-hmm. and remembering to have fun.
1: So important. So important. It
0: is, it is. And I think um,
1: people sometimes forget to prioritize that.
0: Oh dude, yeah. absolutely. And actually if we had a million years to talk, I would tell you um even Pat Barber has been a huge part of that for yeah. me cuz I got back in I well I got into surfing and okay. he's a mega surfer. But yeah, just stuff like that where you go out yep. and you're like I didn't think about work or crossfit or any bs for the last hour and a half mm-hmm. and had a I felt like I was 12 years old. Yeah. You
1: know? Oh, so cool very cool well thank you so much this has been awesome yeah dude and i found out so many new interesting things about rory today so very um, excited to share that
0: no this is awesome and i'm really 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 happy you're doing this uh when um mo was the first person that talked oh me about yeah it. he's always been an awesome like pos- any, mm-hmm. i don't talk to mo that often but when i do it's always positive and right and um and
1: mo's the found one of the founders of beyond the whiteboard, be the whiteboard
0: yeah, yeah. And, uh, so I'm, I'm excited you're doing this and I love it. Well, thank you.
2: Thanks for coming on. Thank you. Cool.
1: Thanks so much for tuning in guys. It was super fun to catch up with Rory and to learn more about the person behind the CrossFit Games host personality that he has. It's clear he's evolved a lot as a person, just as CrossFit media has evolved over the past several years. And I'm so glad he was willing to share some of those personal lessons with us here today. Now that the dust has started to settle from the 2017 CrossFit Games, I want to know what you thought. If you watched the live coverage this past weekend, what were some of your favorite moments? What would you like to see more of on future coverage of the Games? Let me know in the comments below this post on my website, juliefouché.com. To make sure you never miss an episode and to receive exclusive content from me, head to my website, juliefouché.com, and subscribe to my email list. If you like what you heard, don't forget to subscribe and consider giving the podcast a five-star rating on iTunes. Also, don't forget to share your stories. If you or someone you know has used lifestyle to overcome a serious health challenge, please send me an email at info at I'll choose some of these inspiring stories to share here on future episodes. Don't forget you can train with me through Beyond the Whiteboard by visiting trainwithjuliefouche.com. Thank you again so much for listening, and I'll catch you next time on Pursuing Health. When I decided it was time to bring on sponsors for Pursuing Health, one of the first companies I reached out to was Thrive Market. So it goes without saying that I'm super excited to tell you that they're supporting this episode of the podcast. And now I want to share with you a little bit more about why I'm so enthusiastic about this company. First of all, my husband Danny and I have been ordering from Thrive Market for years, Back when we started, we were both in medical school and I was training for the CrossFit games, and now we're both doing our best to balance residency training. So, let's be honest, we don't have much time at all for shopping or meal prep, and we found a few strategies that help us to maximize our efficiency here, with Thrive Market being one of them. Using Thrive Market, we can shop for all of our staple grocery items and ingredients from a curated list of products we know we can trust. So whether you're looking for paleo, vegan, gluten-free, non-GMO, or or organic products, you can find them on the Thrive Market platform. Even better, these products are available at wholesale prices. So they cut out the middleman, which saves you 25-50% to over what you might spend on these items at the grocery store. Not to mention the savings in the time and effort of a grocery store trip, because Thrive Market ships your items directly to your doorstep. Danny and I use this primarily for items like nut butters, cooking oils, snack foods, and tea. And when we pair these items with the fresh meats and produce from our local CSA, we never even need to step foot in a grocery store. Finally, one of my absolute favorite aspects of Thrive Market is their commitment to giving back. So for everyone who signs up for a Thrive Market membership, another membership is donated to a low-income family, veteran, or teacher. One of the most frustrating things for me is to see people who know what they need to eat to improve their health, but they don't because it's too expensive. I believe everyone's health is priceless, and when I shop through Thrive Market, I know I'm helping to make healthy living just a little bit more affordable for someone else too. Thrive Market's mission is to make healthy living easy and approachable to everyone, and this aligns perfectly with my own mission and with that of pursuing health. I wanted to share the benefits of Thrive Market with all of you, and they've responded with an amazing offer. So if you head to www.thrivemarket.com forward slash ph, you'll receive 25% off your first purchase, plus free shipping and a free 30-day trial. And this is on top of their already 25 to 50% lower prices. I hope you take advantage of this amazing offer and enjoy their service as much as I have. So once again, you can head to thrivemarket.com forward slash PH to save on some of your favorite items for healthy living and to help make a healthy lifestyle easy, affordable, and accessible for everyone. This episode is brought to you by Mobility Wad. Do you struggle to get into good positions in your training and workouts? Are your movement compensations causing you undue pain and grief? Mwad's belief is that every human being should be able to perform basic maintenance on themselves. For nearly 10 years, Wad has been the go-to for the world's best athletes and teams. Do you know what hundreds of Olympic and world-class athletes, professional teams in the NFL, MLB, basketball, hockey, rugby, and soccer, and dozens of universities all have in common? They use Wad to train and compete at their best. I first took Dr. Kelly Surratt's movement and mobility course in 2013 and since then have read his books and followed his videos for ideas on how to address my own movement restrictions. But sometimes having all this information can become overwhelming which is why I think the real genius is in the MWOD subscription. As part of this subscription you have access to not only hundreds of hours of video content that can be filtered based on your specific questions but also a daily 10-minute mobility wad video you just log in and follow Kelly's instructions as if he is there coaching you in person for 10 minutes per day. You may pick up certain exercises that you wish to incorporate on a regular basis before or after your workouts, but at the very least, by following this daily program, you know you are addressing a wide range of movement patterns and body parts on a regular basis without having to think about it. I often do these sessions first thing in the morning or before bed as a way to wind down from the day. In addition, you have access to an on-ramp sequence and a 14-day mobility challenge that helps you understand the basics and identify the areas you personally need to focus on. You can lean on the MWOD community and discussion boards to learn from others who have been through similar situations or injuries, and if you need more personalized help, you can use the MWOD list to find a like-minded practitioner in your area. It's easy to become part of the Mobility Wad community, but for being a Pursuing Health listener, you can receive 20% off an annual membership with code Julie Foucher. That's J U L I E F O U C H E R. Just visit www.mobilitywad.com. Full potential, full power. <music>